Hi there, I'm Bonnie Gallum, host of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am really excited for this week's episode because I'm going to be chat about something I've been seeing all over the place in the news, on social media, and in conversations with clients and investors uh, at meetups that I've been attending. And that's really about where the heck is this market going? And I think, you know, learning and understanding more about the economics of real estate is really important because it can help you make decisions today in your investing business. You know, like the offers we make and the rents that we're projecting, and even the loan types that we're thinking about taking out really need to be taken into consideration when we're thinking about these long-term projections about where's the market going, where's the economy going, and most importantly, like what's our numbers going to look like down the line. And if you think this is going to be some like Ben Stein recitation of economics, you don't know who you're dealing with, guys. I promise I'll keep econ just as approachable as the legal stuff. Because fun fact about me is that my undergrad degree was actually in international business, which was basically a glorified economics degree with a minor in French. And so when econ and law and real estate collided into this hot topic, you knew I was going to talk about it. Plus, the way I see a lot of influencers, you know, talking about what's going on with inf- inflation and the supply chain and supply and demand, it's just, it's off. It's totally freaking off. But don't worry, we are going to clear it all up today, guys. So if you're currently scratching your head about, you know, all these current events and aren't sure how it affects your real estate business, then this episode will be perfect for you as it will give you the steps and tools you need to understand how the market and economy absolutely play into your real estate game right now. But if you're also one of those people who's, you know, nose deep into the Wall Street Journal every single day, then stick around because I'll be connecting some of the dots as to how these current events tie into like the nitty gritty of your legal decisions. And some of the main topics we're going to be covering today are, you know, why you're inundated with this risky messaging from who I would think which should be trusted professionals. We're also going to talk about how it can affect your financing decisions today because we don't want to be in a pickle tomorrow. Um, And I see that as a big risk for some investors right now. Also, we're going to be talking about what competing factors you need to be thinking about when evaluating the long-term potential of a deal right now. And at the end of the episode, make sure you visit my website, where you can find the show notes, plus any of the links that I mentioned in the show today at bonniegallum.com forward slash 37, or using the link right there in your podcast player. And if you enjoy the episode, please make sure that you're subscribed so you're always the first to know when a new episode drops. But before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that if getting your legal house in order is on your to-do list or perhaps an upcoming New Year's resolution, a great way to get a head start is by downloading my free Ultimate Legal Checklist. In it, you'll get a crash course on my approach to asset protection, as well as three legal checklists, giving you the rundown on how to deal with tenants, new property acquisitions, and of course, of course, the asset protection stuff, because, you know, that's my jam, always and forever. You can download that bad boy over at bonniegallum.com forward slash checklist. The checklist, guys, is a 16-page guide, and I think, frankly, people sell ebooks that are shorter than this, but this is a free guide I've created for you to have in your back pocket when you're going through some of these like more routine legal milestones that we as real estate entrepreneurs go through over and over and over again. And so if you want to download the checklist, you can access it at bonniegallum.com forward slash checklist. And of course, I'll include a link for it in my show notes as well. Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. 
In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Let's dive into the juicy econ stuff, because frankly, the world we're living in right now is not the world we thought we'd be in two years ago. You know, even in March and April of 2020, I think we thought things would go back to normal in like two weeks. I remember distinctly in mid-March of 2020, I had a few clients who were under contract to buy or sell property who called me frantically, freaking out. You know, the stock market was doing this like yo-yo type business. It was going up and down, up and down like a million times a day. And they wanted O-U-T out, out of their contracts. They told me, Bonnie, do what you can. I don't care. I went out of this contract until I know where the world is going. And I think probably some of them regret that because (laughs) maybe a little bit because the properties that they wanted to buy back then are probably, you know, $100,000 more right now. But the reality is, is we live today in a world that's not too different than the one we entered into in early 2020 from an economic standpoint. Uh, In fact, it feels like it's kind of the compound effect of everything piling up over the last almost two years to kind of reach where the point where we are today. The economy is not stable still. And there's a lot of fluctuations. I mean, uh, just this week as I was recording this, the Omicron variant is popping up in South Africa and no one knows, you know, up from down from that. And again, the market's going wild with it. And, you know, from labor shortages to, of course, the pandemic to supply chain issues and inflation, the market is a mess. And real estate is, frankly, no exception, guys. And y'all know that I have, say, what I'll say, a non-traditional view of asset protection. And if I had to sum it up into just three words, it would be simply don't lose money. And that's whether it's from lawsuits or wasted time or what I, you know, call the drip, 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 drip of expenses from, you know, like tenants and contractors or repairs, you name it. But the reality is, is we can also lose money if we don't understand the market. And that's why I think it's really important that we're having this conversation today. Because because I remember when I first went down the Baker Pockets rabbit hole, one of the first things I learned in real estate is that you make your money on the purchase, which is why we do this whole big freaking analysis using calculators to see whether this place is even going to turn a buck. But guys, on the flip side of that coin, we can lose money on the purchase if we aren't careful. And if you've been in real estate you know, basically any times after 2008, we've been on an upward swing for a really long time. And so I think for a lot of us, it's hard to imagine this possibility that we can purchase now and have it be a bad decision down the line. But we're also seeing, you know, prices that are just out of control, the way that they're increasing over the last two years. And I don't want to say that we're in a bubble, but we're definitely not in a normal market right now. And so That's essentially why I am so, so freaking confused why some people in our industry are like hopping and skipping through real estate land and asking their buddies to join them over here where the grass is supposedly greener in real estate land, which may be true to an extent. Don't get me wrong. Lord knows right now it's better to have investments than cash with the inflation. But there is this really specific language that I'm seeing, frankly, everywhere right now. And it is grinding my gears. And that's when people are saying that there isn't going to be a market crash or the market's not going to go south and they should, you know, just move along in through this market like everything's normal because that's just not founded in reality. And I think a lot of people are going to get burned if they blindly follow that advice. It's like 
we should be turning a blind eye, according to these people, to price and just buy because prices are increasing. And if we don't buy now, then we're basically going to have price recreate you know, price increase regret when the prices don't stop increasing. And you and I both know who's saying this stuff, guys. It's, you know, realtors and lenders and title companies and people whose, frankly, their livelihoods depend on you participating in this insane market. And where are they getting their data from? Probably NAR, you know, the National Association of Realtors, which is an organization I have a lot of mixed feelings about. But that is a conversation for another day and probably not in a public setting because they probably put like a fatwa on my head or something. But I have, you know, a lot of mixed thoughts about whether or not we are kind of creating and facilitating a bubble with this language that is just, it, it's honestly not correct. So you got to keep in mind with the conflict of interest of the, you know, the content that you're consuming, frankly. What are these people's motives? If they were to tell you things otherwise, would you be bringing them business? And the answer may not be no. And that does not to say that we there's no deals in this market, but I don't think it's also fair to say that, everything is totally normal and, you know, there's not going to be a crash and, you know, all these really high prices that you're seeing right now are going to hold because nobody knows that. And you know what? I even see this a lot with real estate gurus right now because, you know, the message is that real estate can be, you know, financially risky right now in this economy. Just it doesn't drive well with their, you know, $10,000, $20,000 program that they're shilling. Uh, if you scare people away from it, they're probably not going to want to pay you to to learn how to get into it. It's like everyone from like lenders to these agents and gurus are like holding hands and singing Kumbaya and hoping that you just don't notice that the dumpster fire is burning behind them and all around them. I know you're probably thinking, Bonnie, you're Debbie Downer. So let me just dive into some of the facts. And the first is that what these people are saying is just frankly not aligned with hundred, if not hundreds of years of economic trends. And for anyone to say that there isn't going to be a downcline, it's like, a, according to what? According to who? Because the rally is economies, not just the United States, but globally and historically move in waves. They ebb and flow. They go up and down. And it always hasn't for better or worse. It probably always will, because that's just the, the nature of nature in a sense. And, and an economy, for better or worse, is kind of part of that. And there's this like logical fallacy or misconception that I'm seeing that, you know, since the market hasn't fallen in the last year or the last six months or whatever, that, you know, this totally superficial made up time frame that they're touting that, you know, since the market hasn't fallen in this period of time, that somehow that correlates to future actions that, you know, ergo, it's never going to fall. And so what these people are doing from a like logical standpoint that doesn't hold ground and and Thank you, LSAT, <laughs> for making me a logical fallacy uh, like ninja who sees this stuff in, in their sleep. But what they're doing is they're using short-term facts to try to refute, frankly, long-term consistent economic trends. And that, my friends, is just not how econ works. It doesn't. Yes, no one, not the Federal Reserve, not Joe Biden, not the, you know, the smartest professor of economics at Oxford or whatever, can tell you what the next year or even the next five years are going to look like, guys. But they will tell you that there is a proven track record of cycles and there's no reason to expect otherwise. And you know what? My biggest fear is that even like a small market correction, like a 5%, 10%, 
10% correction, I'm not talking crash here, guys, I'm talking about a small correction, can be devastating for people in real estate. And so let me talk about a few of the legal situations why. I think the, you know, the simplest scenario would be for people who are buying residential real estate 3.5% down, because those people from the get-go don't have, you know, the 5 or 6% they need to hire a realtor to sell the place if they even needed to get out, not if they just wanted to sell, if they needed to get out of a property. And so those people are essentially underwater from the moment that they purchase with 3.5% down. Now, talk about, you know, another 5 or 10% market correction. I think, you know, a lot of people think, when's the crash going to come, Bonnie? I don't know that there's necessarily going to be a crash, but I do think there's a good chance of there being a lot of short sales, I think, in the next three to five years when, you know, people try to sell properties that even a slight correction will, will keep them trapped in based off of their loan. Another thing, and this is, you know, frankly, been on the top of my mind over the last year, are balloon mortgages, because I've got a lot of them. <laughs> I've got a lot of commercial balloon mortgages because our properties, by and large, are between like four and six unit buildings. And so they're on commercial loans, which have a balloon. And if you haven't died into the world of commercial finance yet, a balloon basically just means that it, it has a earlier payoff date of the loan than what like the amortization schedule is. And so even though the loan is amortized, meaning the payment is calculated, say, over like a 25 or 30 year time frame, the loan is essentially reevaluated and mandatorily reevaluated usually every five years. And what usually happens is you you refinance and you reevaluate based off of what the current rates are and what the valuation of the property is every five years. And so anyone who's taking out a commercial loan right now with a five-year balloon has got to get a new loan, new loan on that property in five years. Now, the scary part of that is, you know, it comes down to the evaluations. You know, man, were we happy to see some of the appraisals that came in on our buildings? And some of them were literally like double what we thought they were. And some of that is, you know, due to comps of recent sales. And some of it is due to some CapEx improvements we've made. And some is due to, you know, the increase of rental income. But the, the appraisal was, you know, I'll say out of control. We were thrilled, but also like, what? And if you guys have been here for a while, you, you know that we've essentially bought our personal portfolio using the Burr method. And the refi is our point of cash out, both, you know, the immediate refi after we purchase something probably with cash. And then at these five-year balloons, we've got these cash outs. And so right now, when we have these five-year balloons that are coming up, we had always planned on pulling some of the money out right now on these refis. Um, but one of the things we personally did to try to, you know, strategically curb our risk was to keep our our ratios low. Basically, what we did, we just pulled out our debt pay down since our last refi and didn't really factor in the new appraised value, which is great because our loan to value is super low. But what was really important to us is that we still have the flexibility we need to refi in a few years should, should like the market turn downward. Because say we pulled out all of that extra equity that we have with this new higher appraised value, and then we went back up to the max of, say, you know, 75 loan to value, then what happens if the market turns and we're like, well, crap, now we don't have enough equity or we're coming out of pocket to pay the bank basically to do our refinance in five years. And we want to try to avoid that situation. Essentially, what we're trying to do, frankly, is we want to avoid the possibility of ever being underwater on a property, whether we've got the intention to sell it or not. And that risk, frankly, doesn't just apply to people with commercial loans. You know, as we're trying our best, you know, to mitigate the risk right now, 
because some of this stuff, some of these valuations are just totally out of control. But sometimes things that we think are in our control aren't either. Like a lot of people I see, you know, responding on these posts right now are just saying, well, well, I'm never going to sell. So it doesn't matter to me. But that's just some, let me tell you, risky absolutist language right there that can really bite you in the butt. Because even if you don't plan on selling, the reality is, is sometimes, and dare I say frequently, people end up having to sell when they don't want to or they don't plan to. People get divorced, partnerships dissolve, and you find that, you know, or, you know, maybe you find that you don't even like the building anymore. <laughs> That's happened. We all got that building that we're just like, oh, pass on that. That was a burn. Um, or, you know, the mo- local market changed for the worse, whatever the case may be. You you want to be able to have an out. And if you're underwater, that out gets a lot harder. So now imagine the market dips for a few years for whatever reason, supply chain, the pandemic never goes away, interest rates are going up, whatever. The, the property valuation on your property goes down. Maybe even rents go down for whatever reason. Guess what happens then? Maybe you can't refi your building or maybe you can't even sell your building and it ends up in, you know, a short sale. Um, you know, think about a rapid downturn. I, I don't know that that is the the situation that I think we're going to find ourselves in here, where it's going to be like a market collapse. But, you know, say it's something that happens over, you know, six or nine months. Think about flippers. You know, they've got high interest, hard money loans, um, even burr investors who maybe use them in the beginning. And they can be stuck with properties they can't sell or can't refinance out. The point being is that you really have to think about today where the risk may lie down the road based off of the economic situation that we find ourselves in right now. Okay, so we've gotten the point that we we need to take, you know, there is this no crash coming nonsense with a serious freaking grain of salt. And we also now know that, you know, the risks of burying our head in the sand and pretending that this doesn't apply to us because we're planning to hold things, you know, long term is risky and we can't we can't bury our heads in the sand to, with that especially especially as it comes to our financing but i think i'd be seriously remiss if i if i didn't go into further detail about something i touched on a little bit earlier in the episode which is inflation and in october of 2021 shortly before i'm recording this inflation hit 6.2 percent in the united states which is the highest it's been in more than 30 years as measured by the consumer price index uh for comparison normal inflation is around two-ish percent year over year and uh, again that was 6.2 percent in october To be clear, again, this is not just a U.S. concern right now. It's playing out globally. The issues faced in the U.S. around the pandemic and supply chain are all interconnected with other uh, economies. And because inflation is no joke right now, I do think that careful investing, whether it's in the stock market or real estate or crypto or whatever else you're doing, is probably the lesser of two evils, you know, whether it's, you know, investing or not investing. I definitely don't think, you know, the answer to all this stuff right now is just to stuff cash underneath your mattress and ride it out. Um, but I don't give investing advice, so make your own determinations based off of your risk tolerance. I know there's plenty of people who've got cash in mattresses and <laughs> in home safes or whatnot. Just know that with inflation, the value of the dollar goes down. And so what that means for people who are investing is that with good news that if you never plan to sell, again, best laid plans, but it, it's a lesser risk of a problem. You'll hopefully just you know reap the benefits of the increased values and hopefully increased rents over the long, long term. But we can't always guarantee that, as I mentioned before. And the market can turn. And in all likelihood, it's going to turn. Uh, It's just a matter of how much. Essentially, we got to make sure we're putting our money to work for us right now while also hedging against the risk. We don't want to be buying at the top of a bubble, at the top of the arc. Um, For one, we also want to have our money available to us when the downturn comes. And, you know, I, I think... 
you know, all these investors who are like salivating for that moment to happen. I don't know how deep of a downturn it will be, but if it comes to downturn, it'll feel a lot better to buy things than, than at the peak price, even if you're holding on to things for the long term. And let me tell you, one of the benchmarks that we're using very loosely, I'd say, in our business is that we're trying to buy things with an ARV in line with where the market was pre-2020. And I realize that's probably a bit overly conservative for some people, but for us, we want to make sure that, you know, should the market return essentially to pre-COVID numbers, we're still going to be good. We're going to be good on that refi. And so we need to make sure we're checking ourselves today to ensure that we don't wreck ourselves tomorrow, which brings me to next week's guest, which I am so super excited about. I've been hoping to bring a guest like this on for months now. I think I first hinted about it over the summer, but I'm bringing on a law school classmate of mine who's currently a experienced litigator. He also does real estate uh, litigation and business litigation, which plays out nicely for those of you who are in like partnerships and LLCs. Um, and we'll discuss how the legal stuff I talk about here kind of plays out in court a bit. Uh, I already listened to that episode back. It is great. You guys are going to get a lot of really, I think, insightful information from Trevor. So make sure you're subscribed so you get that episode when it drops next week. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love, love, love it so much if you left me a five-star review. It really does help other real estate investors find my show. And again, to access any of the links or resources mentioned in this episode, just head on over to my website at bonniegallum.com forward slash 37 or use the link right there on your podcast app. Take care, and I'll see you here, same time, same place, next week for that conversation with Trevor. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.